everybody. Welcome to Kapow Radio Show on the Kapow Radio Show Network. Welcome. Today's date is... May 29th, 2017. It's actually Memorial Day. Memorial Day. All right. Happy Memorial Day. (laughs) We are going to continue our studies in the book of Enoch. This will be our seventh study. It's about the rapture, the wheat and tares, and the end of the age. The rapture, the wheat and tares, and end of the age, which is contained in the book of Enoch. Those of you who have been following or trying to catch up, you know, last week we did two shows. We did the regular Enoch show about the covenant with the righteous, and then I had to do a supplemental show on how scholars are denying the son of man and the Lord of spirits in their modern scholarly works. It was your rant. It was my rant. And it was a very good one. Yeah. I'm telling you, I'm still reading that um, commentary. You know, I'm just, I paid 77 bucks for it. So I'm reading it, but I've come to the conclusion that the, the authors of that book, uh, that commentary are, they're not Christian. They they don't they never say they are. They don't even pretend to be. They're simply scholars um doing critical textual analysis on an ancient book just like you would Moby Dick or Shakespeare. That's how they approach it. They they don't believe in anything. And they certainly don't believe in Jesus or make any of the ties to New Testament um messiahship at all. So they're not they're not even Christian. So you know, you ask, well, why do you read a commentary like that? Well, because I paid seventy-seven bucks for it, and I'm looking, yeah, <laughs> and I'm always looking for like a little gem to pop out. There might be a little textual something, thing something. or archaeological thing or something that'll pop up, and I go, yeah, that reminds me of Daniel. And then I'm on a rabbit trail, you know. So that's what I'm waiting for. I just finished another book on Enoch. I'm not going to even mention it because I don't want you to go out and buy it. Um, and I absolutely made no I, no marks in the book or anything. I normally take a book and just mark it up and make notes. And uh, Miss Kapow does the same thing. And so by the time we get done with the book, it's just ragged. Uh, but this one I didn't even mark up. And it was so boring. It was such a yawn because that author also starts from the premise that this book is a pseudopigrapha book. It's not real. And um, so, you know, everything else just goes downhill from that. Anyway, and that's a Christian author um, tied to, you know, famous people like Tom Horn and stuff like that. So. There you have it. But I was so bored with it because it had no spirit, had no truth behind it. So here we are. Here we and are. And here we are. Here we are. So let's talk about rapture, wheat and tares, end of the age. And Ms. Kapow, I am going to read from chapter 61, verse 1 in Enoch, first Enoch, down to verse 10. And then I'm going to stop. Oh, okay. Okay. And then Got I it. think you have some scriptures to throw in there and whatnot. Yeah. All right, shall we go, folks? You got your coffee? You got your seatbelt on? Let's go for a trip. All right. Enoch writes, I saw angels being given long cords, and then with wings flew towards the north. I asked the angel, why did these angels take long cords and leave? And he answered, they went to measure. These cords will measure the righteousness of those who depend on the Lord of spirits. You got that, folks? Measure the righteousness of those who depend on the Lord of spirits. There's going to be judgment on everybody, and there's going to be judgment on us for what we've, what our, how our faith and what we did in our bodies. Okay, it's scriptural. Verse 4, all the chosen shall be gathered together to have their faith in righteousness judged. I'm going to read that again. Verse 4, all the chosen shall be gathered together to have their faith in righteousness judged. I don't know about you, but that kind of sends a chill down my spine a little bit. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Doesn't it? Mm -hmm. Because it's it's not like, okay, I got my bus ticket. I'm on the bus, I'm there. I'm good. And then all the evil sinners are going to be judged and thrown in the lake of fire. Um, I'm also going to be gathered together and I'm going to have my faith and my righteousness judged. Um, And I know I have right standing in Christ, but I'm going to have 
my works and my deeds and my what I did here in the body with the gifts the Lord gave me. I'm going to have that. You're going to be accountable for accountable. Those, yeah, what and we that, all are. Yeah, that that makes you tremble. If it doesn't make you tremble, um, I want you to really think about it a little bit. Verse five: These measurements shall reveal all the secrets of those who have been in the depths of the earth, of all those destroyed in the desert places, of all those killed in the sea or by animals. They have been able to depend upon the Lord of spirits, for they know that no soul can ever be destroyed, but lives on. Those who dwell in heaven were given a command and gathered together to praise with one voice. They blessed the chosen one above all things with many blessings. They praised his wisdom in his life. The Lord of spirits set the chosen one, that's, that's our Lord, on the throne of glory so he could judge all the works and deeds of the saints. That's verse 8. I'm going to read that again. I'm going to put a little trembling in you here. The Lord of Spirit set the chosen one on the throne of glory so he could judge all the works and deeds of the saints. Oh, man. And you know what? We're going to back all this up with biblical scripture too, folks. This isn't just, this isn't just some mythical book written by some mythical character who's pretending to be Enoch, saying things. This is all scriptural. There's a judgment for us also for our deeds and works. Verse 9, as he judges all their ways in the name of the Lord of Spirits, the saints shall bless, praise, exalt, and glorify the Lord of Spirits. He shall call all the heavenly hosts and saints from above and the saints of the earth, the cherubim, the seraphim, the ophanim, the angels of power, and the angels and principalities. And the chosen, I'm sorry, the angels of the principalities. And the chosen one shall gather with the saints brought up from the earth on that day. That's the resurrection rapture. That's the meeting in the air. That's the harpazio. That's the rapturo. That's the harpazio. The chosen one shall gather with the saints brought up from earth on that day. Okay, there's a gathering, a meeting in the air, correct? First Thessalonians 4, 7. All right. Right? Yes. Do you have that in front of you? I can pull it up real quick. Yeah, read that. There's a gathering in the air. There's a harpazio with the Latin Vulgate translated rapturo. Rapture is where we get that. Enoch talks about that gathering together. Uh that were brought up from the earth. And we're going to talk about Mark 13 a lot too throughout this chapter, because Mark 13 is where Jesus is talking about the wheat and tares, how the end of the age, the angels are the reaper angels who go and they gather up the wheat, the tares first and burn them. And then they gather up the wheat, mm-hmm. gather them in his barn. First Thessalonians 4.17 says, then we, which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Amen. We who are alive and remain. So first there's a a, a resurrection of the dead. The dead in Christ are resurrected first. And then we who are alive and remain, if you know you're not dead and you're still here, then you're going to have a live resurrection, you know. Mm -hmm. And you're going to meet the Lord in the air. So that's what Enoch is talking about um, years you know, 3,000 years before our Lord spoke those words, or I mean, Paul spoke those words. All right? So you have... um, Yes, I do. Scripture. I I was, when I was studying this in uh, Enoch 61.3, where it says, these cords shall measure the righteousness of those who depend on the Lord of spirits, and that all the chosen shall be gathered together to have their faith and righteousness judged. Uh, What came to me was... Um, John fifteen sixteen, where it says that Jesus chose us. Remember, he says, "I you didn't choose me; I chose you." Mm-hmm. And he chose us to bear fruit, fruit that remains. And so I, w- I went to Galatians five twenty two, where it lists the fruit of the spirit. And um, let's see here; it says, uh, "Love, joy, peace." long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. And I began to thinking about it, and I thought, 
Well, Jesus chose us to bear fruit that remains. What other things that um, does that pertain to? So I went and I looked up, um, excuse me, Galatians 5.22 for the fruit of the Spirit. And then um, also the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth found in Ephesians 5.9. But John 15.19 says that Jesus chose us out of the world. In 1 Corinthians 1.27 through 28, it says that Jesus uh, chose us to bring um, to confound the wise and the mighty. And four, Ephesians uh, 1.4 says, He chose us to be holy and without blame. And Second uh, Thessalonians 2.13, He chose us t- uh, to salvation through the sanctification of the Spirit and belief of the truth to obtain the glory of Christ Jesus. He also, in Second Timothy 2.4, said He chose us to be soldiers. In James 2, 5, he says he chose us to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom. In 1 Peter 2, 9, he says we are chosen, a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and a peculiar, which means a ransom people, to show forth or declare or celebrate the praises of him who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. And the last one I found was in Revelation 17, 14, that we... Are um, that we are in Christ, and the ones that have endured to the end, and are we are the called, the chosen, and the faithful. That's excellent. Those are excellent scriptures, Miss Capel. Thank you. And because it shows that those are the works and the deeds by which uh, the standard of judgment will be conducted mm-hmm. on us. Right. Yeah. And yeah. the scriptures that support. <clears throat> that we're going to be judged are found in Romans fourteen ten that says, "For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ." And then in First Corinthians five ten it says, "For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that every man may receive the things done in the body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad." And then Second Corinthians three eleven through fifteen says, "For other foundation can no man lay than that which is laid, who is Jesus Christ." Now, if any man build upon this foundation, gold, silver, and precious stones, wood, hay, and stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it. And the last scripture is Ephesians 2, 6, and it says, And hath raised us up together, and made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So, Enoch bears out what the scriptures definitely say what Paul is writing about, we are going to stand and be judged for our works, whether Mm -hmm. it be good or bad things that we've done in the body, the judgment seat of Christ that should make us all really tremble and uh, really take our walk seriously. If there's any, any worldliness left, any messing around left, any doubt left, now's the time to, uh, really put all that aside and just go full steam. Run to the bus stop and stay under the bus stop. That's right. I'm telling you, man. Uh, so that that's very good. A judgment, a judgment seat of Christ, and we are going to be measured. We are going to be measured. You know, I re- I remember. Um, I mean, there's so many people when I you know as a student in, in university. There's so many people. On the first day of class, that um, the instructor saying this is what you'll need for your syllabus, and this is going to be this kind of test, and then you're going to have to do a, you know, a group project and a, you know, a presentation, All right? Mm. You know this stuff. Ugh, yeah. And there's there's students in the class, and maybe you were one of them, you know, that raise your hand and you go, uh, what what does what do I need to do to pass? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the instructor say, well, you have to get 70% on the first test and 70% on the second test. And then on the final 50%, and then you have to participate in the class project and um, a group presentation. Right? Right, right. So people already know what is the bare minimum I need to do, you know, to pass. And my attendance has to be, you know, 40%, let's say. 
And um, that would be like the bare minimum I need to pass. Now, I'm not I, I'm not a whiz guy at all. I wasn't a whiz bang student at all. I loved I loved the college, but um, I I just I don't know where I got this from, but I always looked at it different. I always looked at it on the first day of class, and I'm not lying to you. I really did. On the first day of class, I looked at it that I already had an A. Mm-hmm. The first day I walked into the class, I have an A. And my question to myself was, what do I need to do to maintain that A? Hmm. That's how I looked at it. I really did. I'm not trying to brag or go, oh, you're so smart. I mean, I really did. Instead of looking at the taking the low road, I always took the high load. high road. I have an A. What do I need to do to maintain that A? And I'd look at the syllabus and it says, okay, you have to get 70% on your test. You have to do this. You have to blah, 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 blah. You know, um, and if, you know, if you get 80% here, you get an, you know, this is how to maintain an A. And then that would be my goal, you know, because I already had an A. So I just wanted to keep that A. Yeah. Instead of what do I, what do I need to do to barely pass? Uh, so, you know, that was important now, now to let you know that I am human and I'm not, um, perfect. And from the planet Pluto, I will tell you this, when I was in the police Academy, I did just the opposite because I'm smart. (laughs) What I realized was if you stand out in the police Academy, you're going to be singled out for Mm -hmm. stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're going to make you a group leader or a platoon leader. You're going to be responsible for all the other morons under you. Um, they're going to be looking at you quite heavily, but if you just blend in, if you're just mediocre, you're not a bad, uh, you know, recruit, but you're not whiz bang. You just kind of meet the middle. Then, uh, you just kind of slip by. Now I know that sounds kind of bad, but that's, uh, you know, that's what I learned because it's a paramilitary organization and those who have been in these service and stuff like that, you know what I'm talking about. And, um, so I, I, I did that. Now, once I graduated from the Academy, I was a fantastic uh, uh, recruit, uh, cadet on the street. I was I was a great young cop, and I excelled quickly because of that. But that was the time to excel. But in the academy, I just wanted to lay low. <laughs> so, yeah, there's a time and season for time. everything, right? Yeah, yeah. And so you go, oh, you know, geez. So I didn't take the same approach as I did, you know, when I was in college as I did with that. Uh, but that's that's because I, I saw through the system and I knew, mm, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, you're just going to attract attention to yourself. All right. So I look at it this way, too, the way Enoch's laying this out and these scriptures are laying it out. Instead of looking spiritually going, what do I need to barely get by? What's the minimum I need to do to get to heaven? <laughs> right? right. Professor Jesus, Professor Jesus What's the minimum I need to do in order to pass your judgment seat? And I've, I've actually heard people say this. So have you, uh, Ms. Kapow. I've heard people say that they don't care uh, about the streets of gold or a mansion or, you know. Or the rewards. Or the rewards. I, they don't care about that. They don't care if they're in a corner of heaven sweeping the floor as long as they make it in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have heard that. I've heard that from preachers and from teachers. I think that's a horrible attitude. Yeah. As long as I make it in. Now, I don't, I, I'm not looking for rewards and streets of gold and all that stuff either because it's not a material thing. You know, I just want to go home. Yeah. You know, I want to go but home. You, what you're saying about them is that they just want to meet the, the minimum requirement to get in. Yeah. Yeah. I, I get, you know, I, if I can live as worldly as I can and hang on to the world as much as I can and the pleasures of this place as much as I can, yeah. as long as I can squeak by, it's how cool. much sin can I get away with? That's basically. exactly. Yes. That's a good way to put it. How much sin can I get away with and still pass your judgment, Jesus? <laughs> and, st- and still get a C, a Christian C. Uh, and I, and I do think it's a really a horrible way to approach your Christianity. I think it's like, um, once you get saved, you have a, a clean slate. God has renewed your spirit. He's creating a, a new spirit in you and creating a new uh, man or woman in you. That's your A. And the thing is, is what do I de- need to do to maintain that relationship, that closeness, that salvation with God? Right. What are the things I need to do? Uh, and, and I think that these scriptures and stuff show that. Very much, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so we all know that we're the chosen ones, right? We all know that when Enoch's talking about the chosen, uh, that's us. That's us. In Psalms 105, 43, it says, 
and he brought forth his people with joy and his chosen with gladness. Mm-hmm. Matthew 24, 22 through 24, Jesus says, and except those days be shortened, there should be no flesh be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. And the parallel passage in Mark thirteen twenty says, but for the elect's sake, whom he hath chosen, he has shortened the days. In mm-hmm. uh, Mark thirteen twenty seven, which goes with this passage very much because of the rapture and the meeting in the air and the gathering. Mark thirteen twenty seven says, and then he shall... Uh, and then shall he send his angels and shall gather together his elect from mm-hmm. the four winds from the uttermost part of the earth to the uttermost part of heaven. So the chosen ones are those who are, you know, um, those are those are us. Enoch one one says the words of blessing of Enoch with which he blessed the chosen and the righteous who will be present. At the day of trouble, when the wicked and impious are removed from the earth. You know, the uh, scripture that I found that I really enjoyed while I was doing this study is in Jeremiah 3, 3, 11. Mm-hmm. It says, the voice of joy and the voice of gladness, the voice of the bridegroom and the voice of the bride, the voice of them that shall say, praise the Lord of hosts, for the Lord is good, for his mercy endures forever. And of them that shall bring the sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord. For I will cause to return the captivity of the land as at the first, saith the Lord. Amen. That's it. That's it. Because we were held captive yes. until he freed us. Until he freed us. Until he That's set right. us free. And, and until that, that day where the age is consummated and we're all gathered up together, we won't be totally free Mm-mm. from this. What is it? A prison without bars. That's right. Right? Mm-hmm. Enoch 62, 7 through 8 says, From the eternal past, the Son of Man was a mystery to many, but the Most High had revealed him to the chosen ones. Mm -hmm. The multitude of the righteous and chosen ones who were, check this out, sown in the earth, have now been harvested to stand before him on that day. Mm -hmm. Think back on Mark 13 of the wheat and tares, that parable. Right. They... They're harvested. The wheat and tares are both harvested. But in that parable, um, the the helpers asked the the farmer, "Hey, who you know what happened? Didn't didn't you sow good seed? How did these bad tares get mixed up with the weed? Uh, the wheat? I said weed. <laughs> with the, with the <laughs> tares are weed, but with the wheat, you know." And he says that. The evil one did this. The evil one sowed these these bad seeds. He actually uses the term sown. He, use, he uses the the whole agricultural parable of that. Enoch does the same thing. Uh, very, very interesting. And yet the intellectuals want to deny that this book had, had anything to do with anything. Mm-hmm. Like, absolutely incredible. I can't believe the blindness that they have. Uh, so... You know, I mean, there's a lot of scriptures here about what saints will be judged on. Mm-hmm. I don't want to read them all. I, I don't know if you, know, you have them there, but, um, you know, one is the doctrines. That's found in Romans. Conduct towards others, carnal traits, words, things that affect others, things that affect themselves, things that affect God. I mean, I don't, I don't think with this audience I need to go and tell you all the little things, you know, yeah. that are pleasing or displeasing. I think... You should know that. Go to Galatians 5 and see what the fruits of the Spirit are, mm-hmm. as opposed to fruits of the flesh. It gives you a good idea. Shall I start reading from 61? Yeah. And I don't quite know where I should stop. Let's see here. Maybe I'll go, maybe I'll just go all the way through to the, that's a lot of, that's a lot of Enoch to read. Why don't you just read this first page? Okay. Uh Chapter 61, verse 11. And they shall with one voice glorify the chosen one in the spirit of faith, of wisdom, of patience, of mercy, of justice, of peace, and of goodness. They will all say with one voice, blessed is he and blessed be the name of the Lord of spirits forever and ever. Amen. The resurrected saints will bless him. The angels of heaven will bless him. The chosen ones will 
who were in the garden of life shall bless him. And everyone who is able to praise shall exalt his holy name. All flesh shall praise him beyond their power to do so. For great is the mercy of the Lord of spirits. He is long-suffering and has revealed all his works and his forces to the righteous and chosen. Mm. Wow. I have some uh, scriptures here all right. that will support all that. Um, first, uh, Psalm 34, 3. And Psalms have so many um, verses about praising the Lord. This one says, Oh, magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. 86.15 says, But thou, O Lord, art a God full of compassion and gracious, long-suffering and plenteous in mercy and truth. And then um, Psalm 72.17-19 says, His name shall endure forever. His name shall be continued as long as the sun and men shall bless, be blessed in him. All nations shall be called him blessed. Blessed be the Lord God, the God of Israel, who only does wondrous things. And blessed be his glorious name forever. And let the whole earth be filled with his glory. Amen and amen. Amen. You notice um, that when they, in heaven, they're praising the chosen one, which is our Lord Jesus, in the spirit of faith, wisdom, patience, mercy, justice, peace, and of goodness. And uh, they bless him. And notice that in the spirit, it's faith, wisdom, patience, mercy, justice, peace, and of goodness. There's seven, seven there in that list. Mm-hmm. And in Revelation 1.4, it reads, From him who is and who was and who is to come, from the seven spirits who are before the throne. Mm-hmm. Revelation 5.6 reads, Having seven horns and seven eyes, who are the seven spirits of God, the Father sent forth into all the earth. Isaiah 11.2 reads, And the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, that's our Lord, the Spirit of wisdom, understanding, counsel, might, knowledge, and fear of the Lord. Hmm. It's like the sevenfold nature of the Spirit is emphasized in the book of Enoch and other places in the Word of God. And that's one of the reasons why it just makes me so mad when the academics deny deny this as being from the Lord of Spirits. Mm-hmm. Amen. Anything to add? I that? have um, Exodus 34, 6 that says, And the Lord passed by before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abundant in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, and that will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and upon the children's children unto the third and fourth generation. And then Isaiah 25, 1 says, O Lord, thou art my God, I will exalt thee, I will praise thy name, for thou hast done wonderful things, and thy counsels of old are faithfulness and truth. Wow. See, it's the same spirit behind Mm -hmm. it. It's the the same thing all the time. Because we as the redeemed are the only ones that can actually um, praise God. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I mean, everybody else could say, you know, be thankful, but we are the only ones with the song of redemption yes. is what I should say. Yeah. And, um, and for that, we should be wholly thankful and give him continuous praise and thanksgiving. And, and also praise and thanksgiving is also one of our weapons of warfare. Yes. You know, when I was, when I was suffering from depression, one of the things that the Lord taught me was just to be, to, to start saying things that I'm thankful for and to start praising him. And that really does lift you out of, um, depression. And it also renews your thinking, your way of thinking and the way of looking at things. Mm -hmm. It does. It does. It changes your, your paradigm. Yeah. Your whole, your whole vision mm-hmm. okay let's talk a little bit about um we talked about rapture wheat and tares and we'll talk about the end of the age but it's all mixed in right it's all mixed in but um here's what enoch says about this we're going chapter 62 and i'm just going to read to uh verse 10 miss Kapow. 62 to verse 10 okay 
Thus the Lord commanded the mighty and powerful of the earth. If you have accepted my chosen one, you may open your eyes and keep your power. I'm not quite sure what that means. Um, in Enoch 62.9, it states mighty and proud of the earth. It doesn't say powerful, but it says mighty and proud of the earth. But in, in that section, there is no forgiveness. So I'm not quite... Thus the Lord commanded the mighty and powerful of the earth. If you have accepted my chosen one, you may open your eyes and keep your power. Um, and I would tell you if I knew what quite what that means, but I really don't. Verse 2, the Lord of spirit sat upon his glorious throne and in righteousness judged the sinners and ungodly. At that time, all the earth shall recognize his right to the glorious throne. No one will be able to speak a word against the fairness of of his judgment. See, I could find something in uh, Deuteronomy 32. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Let me see. He is the rock. His work is perfect for all his ways are judgment, a God of truth and without iniquity. Just and right is he. Mm-hmm. Exactly. At that time, all the earth shall recognize his right to the glorious throne. Amen. 62.4, in that time period, pain had come upon them as a woman in labor, giving birth with great pain. We read that in the scriptures, in Revelation and several places. Great travail. One half of them shall be terrified, for they shall see the son of, and it says here in Enoch, see the son of woman sitting on the glorious throne. Not son of man, but son of woman which reminds me of the seed of the woman versus the seed of the serpent back in Genesis 3, that he comes from the woman, not of the serpent, right? Mm-hmm. I think that the first verse here where I said I didn't quite know what that means, if you have accepted my chosen one, you may open your eyes and keep your power. I think that's uh, what he's saying to those in judgment that um, if they've accepted one, they can keep their power. But the ones that he's judging haven't accepted the Lord of Spirits or his son, the Holy One, and they're being judged. Because later on it says that they they wish to repent, but it's too late. Right. Verse 6, chapter 62, verse 6. All will then at that time finally exalt him who had been hidden, that has been given rule over everything. Mm. From the eternal past, the Son of Man was a mystery to many, but the Most High had revealed him to the chosen ones. That's us. That's right. And Kapow, listeners, he's been revealed to you. That's mm-hmm. heavy duty. You know, and everything that's been hidden in him and everything that's subjected to him in Hebrews 2.8 supports that. It says, Thou hast put all things in subjection under his feet, mm-hmm. for in that he put all in subjection under him, he left nothing that is not put under him. But now we see not yet all things put under him. Yes. Back all of this stuff up scripturally. I mean, it's obvious that the Enochian text was part of Paul's mentality of his thinking, of his theology when he wrote. It's part of the New Testament. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. So to deny it, just it just I get flabbergasted, you mm-hmm. know, with these with these people. Verse eight: the multitude of the righteous and chosen ones. Now check this out, Ms. Kapow, who mm-hmm. were sown in the earth, have now been harvested to stand before him on that day. And Romans 6, 5 says, for if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, mm. we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Wow. That's a, you know, I would have never tied that scripture to this, mm. to Enoch like that before, but that's perfect. It also reminds me of Paul about you know, the seed that's sown uh, corruptible is raised incorruptible. Yes, amen. You know, uh, the, the corruptible body's not going to be uh, up in heaven. It's corruptible. Mm-hmm. But it's just like you put a seed and it dies, then something emerges that's totally different. It's like that. It, of course, it also reminds me of Mark 13. Once again, wheat and tares sown and seeded on earth. Mm-hmm. The reapers gather the wheat. Verse 9, the mighty and proud of the earth will then finally fall down before the son of man and give him worship. They will cry out for mercy, 
but it is too late for them, for the Lord of spirits will quickly, quickly cast them away in shame. Darkness shall cover their faces. Mm. Wow. And in um, Psalm 36, oh, let's see, that one's not coming up. Matthew 3.10 says, And now also the axe is laid unto the root of the trees. Mm -hmm. Therefore every tree which bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. And then Matthew 7.19 says, Every tree that brings not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Yep. And you know, every every knee will bow. Every tongue is going to confess. Everybody from history on to the time of the consummation of the age, they're all going to confess this. In Philippians 2.10, it says that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen. Isaiah 45.23, I have sworn myself the word has gone out of my mouth in righteousness mm-hmm. and shall not return that unto me. Every knee shall bow. Every tongue will swear. Amen. And yeah. even in Revelations twelve ten, it says the accuser of our brethren, which is Satan, shall also be cast down. And then in Psalm 36, 12 says there are the workers of iniquity fallen. They are cast down and shall not be able to rise. Mm. Wow. Okay. I'm going to read from chapter 62, 11. And I am going to, I, you know what? Let me just take it to the end. Well, yeah. Yeah. Is that cool? That's good. Okay. The angels of punishment will take them to punishment so they may be finally repaid for all the wrong done to the chosen ones. They will be an eternal spectacle to the righteous chosen ones the righteous will rejoice because the anger of the lord has been satisfied and the sword of judgment will be drunk with them mm-hmm. remember that, oh i'm sorry go remember ahead. mark 13 the tares are removed first mm-hmm. go ahead uh, matthew 13 says the field is the world and this is jesus interpreting his parable mm-hmm. field is the world the world the good seed are the children of the kingdom but the tares of the children are are of the wicked one and the enemy that sowed them is the devil and the harvest is the end of the world and the reapers are the angels as therefore the tares are gathered and burned in the fire so shall it be in the end of this world amen a sword of judgment and remember just as in the days of noah will be the uh, coming of the son of man mm-hmm. okay the chosen and righteous ones will be saved on that day and will never again be faced with those wicked ones isn't that cool mm-hmm. so the weed are gathered after only with your eyes are you going to see the destruction of these people the lord of spirits and the son of man will dwell eat rest and walk with the chosen and righteous ones forever and ever that's Second. when it's over that's when the bus has arrived you got on the bus and it's done Mm-hmm. Isn't that cool? That is cool. That is cool. And even in Psalm 91, I don't have it up yet, but in one of the verses there, it says that we will see, you know, the destruction yes. of the wicked. And then also in 2 Corinthians 6.16 says, God said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wow. that That's exciting. That's what we want. That's what we're looking for. Right? That's right. We're going to take a short commercial break, and then when we come back, we're going to talk about this beautiful garment that you're going to put on as a righteous chosen one, this garment of life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll be right back. Demons in My Marriage Bed, a true story of spiritual warfare, written by Paul and Linda Villanueva, and I highly recommend it to all Kingdom Against Powers of Wickedness radio listeners. This book is about saving your marriage from destruction. It is a true and vivid account about adultery, witchcraft, curses, spells, and evil spirits, all attempting to dismantle and annihilate lives. This is an excellent training manual for building a stronger marriage by exposing the tactics your enemies use against you. Ultimately, the book glorifies the 
the transformational power of God through submission to the Lord Jesus Christ, then that is a good thing. Welcome to the Remnant Resistance. Welcome to Welcome the Remnant Resistance. and fighting the enemies of God. You're listening to the Kapow Radio Show Network. What? And Kapow stands for Kingdom Against Powers of Wickedness. You can hear all the shows on archive anytime or as an iTunes download. Our topics include the paranormal, the supernatural, and spiritual warfare. The Kapow Radio Show is sponsored by Fifth Hook Media. Visit fifthhookmedia.com to see our ebooks about spiritual warfare. That's F I F T H O O K media.com. Welcome back to the things you once believed in. Amen. Welcome back to the things what you knew was right from the start. Welcome back. Welcome back. Okay. Let's talk about that garment, Miss Kapow. All righty. You know what I mean? You know, because you have a real fashion sense. Well, I don't know about that. <laughs> you have a fashion sense. So can you imagine having the garment of life? Mm. Huh? Mm-hmm. That's better than Dulce Garbana. Yep. Is that how you say it? We'll be wearing the 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 linen or the righteous the the we'll be clothed with righteousness. Oh. The righteousness of God. Oh, right? So no more of the stinky flesh suit. Mm-mm. Oh man. Mm. Good stuff. The righteous chosen ones who were resurrected. This is verse fifteen, chapter sixty two of Enoch. The righteous chosen ones who were resurrected and are not ashamed will put on a garment of life. What that means, not ashamed like the serpent seed. Because you're righteous and chosen, you're resurrected. You're not ashamed. Mm-hmm. The ones that are ashamed are not putting on the garment of life. Now, the, um, in Revelations 19.8, it says, And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white, for the lin- fine linen is the righteousness of the saints. Mm. Verse 16. Their garments of life are from the Lord of spirits, and this glorious covering will never cease to clothe them. Mm. That's our new resurrected bodies. Yep, and it says, Psalm 24, 5 says, He shall receive the blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of salvation. Mm, nice. 63, verse 1, in those days, the self-exalted of the earth will beg the angels of punishment for mercy Mm. so they can fall down and worship the Lord of spirits and confess their sins to him. They will bless and praise the Lord of spirits, saying, blessed be the Lord of spirits, who is the Lord of kings, of the mighty, of the rich, of the glorious, and of the wise. All the mysteries are known to you, and your power and glory is eternal. Many are your secrets. And your righteousness is beyond measurement. In, is, uh, I'm sorry. In Isaiah 45, 8 says, Drop down, ye heavens, from above, and let the skies pour down righteousness, and let the earth open, and let them bring forth salvation, and let righteousness spring up together. I, the Lord, have created it. And then in Isaiah 51, 8, For the moth shall eat up like a garment, and the worm shall eat like the wool. But my righteousness shall be forever, and my salvation from generation to generation. Amen. And these wicked ones, the mighty of the earth, they continue in, in their begging and in their extolation of the Lord of Spirits. In verse 4, they say, Now we realize we should praise and bless the Lord, the one who is King of Kings. Mm. They will say, Please give us mercy that we can praise and repent before him. But we do not find mercy but are driven away. The one who is the light has gone from us and we will dwell in darkness forever. Oh my God. Ouch. And we did not repent to him nor praise his name nor thank him for his works when we could have. That sounds like Romans one, doesn't it? Yes, it does. It does. We hoped in our own power and not in the Lord's. It's too late for these folks. 
it's too late for these fallen ones. Mm-hmm. Now, during the day of judgment, he does not save us, nor does he give mercy for us to confess his faithfulness, his justice. The Lord does not show respect for these persons. The Lord's not a respecter of persons. Mm-hmm. Because of our works, we have sent away from him, for our sins have been accurately counted. Mm-hmm. Then they, they will say our souls enjoyed many possessions gained through sin, but these possessions could not keep us from the flames and torment of Sheol. Wow. After this, they will be filled with darkness and shame before the Son of Man. They will be driven from him. Thus says the Lord of Spirits, this is the final end of those of the earth that have exalted themselves instead of the Lord of Spirits. You know, I was thinking about that... Um that God is good to the evil and the good, right? The sa- the believers and the non-believers. And if you think about it, like right now we have this light yeah. that illuminates our world. But when the light of God actually is removed, then there's only darkness. Yes. So right now, God is blessing the world with light. Yes. I just think that um, makes that one scripture come out where it says, you know, that God is good to the unbelievers as well as the believers by giving all of us this light that we can see. But one day it's just going to be total darkness, like in Exodus, you know, it was Mm -hmm. so dark for the Egyptians that Mm -hmm. they couldn't even see the hand before their face. Mm -hmm. I mean, they could actually feel darkness Yeah, because darkness is a spirit. Yeah. It is. And you could touch it and feel it. Mm-hmm. It's so black. You just can't see anything in front of you. And you're absolutely correct. I mean, the, the mercy of God extends all the way up to this very hour. There's still light here. Mm-hmm. And those who choose to see it, Joe, those who choose to think through uh, their own self intellect, their own self wisdom, you know, can find it. That's right. I only have two more verses to read in chapter 64, verse 1 and 2 of Enoch says, I saw others in that place of judgment. The angel told me, these are the fallen angels of heaven who told men things forbidden and led astray the men of earth, which mm-hmm. goes, takes us back to, you know, Genesis, um, you know, 6, 4, the, the sons of God mating with the daughters of men. And then, you know, they taught them the, for, the forbidden things. Just like today, you know, we were talking, Ms. Kapow and I were talking about the digital age and about truth. You know, was, was there a time in, you know, recent history where truth was still truth? And I think there, it, there was. Um, you know, my grandfather was a farmer in Huntington Beach, California. I know it's hard to imagine that that area would ever be farmland, but it used to be farmland. And my grandfather was a farmer there. And he uh, he grew tomatoes and peppers, and he was a farmer. And I think in, in those days, you know, which wasn't that long long ago, hundred years ago, you know, he, you know, he could there would be truth. He could he could tell my mother, um, hey, if you take this seed and put it in the ground, and put water on it and tend it, the sun will come, mix with the soil, and it'll grow a plant. And when that plant gets a certain, you know, uh, height, you know, you could, it, you, you could do this to it and trim it and then it'll bear this fruit. And if you take care of it and pick out the tomato worms so it doesn't eat the plant, you know, it will grow and it'll bear some fruit. And there's some truth to that, right? Right. I think my grandfather could look up at the sky and sing, see the moon and he could see the stars. He could see, he goes, I think it's going to rain tomorrow. There was truth in those days. Um, and it sounds a little crazy, but I think when we hit this digital age, you know, we hit this age of, of everything being digital. It really is an age. And that's, that's when the great deceptions really, really started happening. Not that they weren't happening before, but I mean, to the point where the whole world is deceived, right? Because you just don't know what you're, what you're looking at or what you're hearing or what you're seeing. And I was, we were talking about this, uh, this video I was watching where these, Students had developed a software where they can take anybody's face, their mouth, and digitize it with a computer to make it move and say whatever they want. 
And so they were taking these celebrities and presidents and then making them say words that they never said, right? Right. And actually move their mouths. It reminded me of the scripture of the little horn, you know, speaking his mouth with great blasphemy. And it's like nothing's real. In fact, you know, just surfing the internet, there's there's an ad that always keeps popping up on my um, search engines. And this ad is it's like for a photo app. And it says, remove all unwanted background from a photo. And it has a picture of some gal um, sitting on the beach. And behind her is all these people in the water and playing on the beach. And then the after photo is all those people removed. And you just see her in isolation on the beach. And it's some app that you can download on your phone and do it without Photoshop. Mm-hmm. But you, w- what struck me is that that second photo is not real. It's fake. Everything's fake. And so you don't know what you're hearing or what. And I'm not just talking about things that men make. I'm talking about the whole zeitgeist of this age is fake. I mean, there is nothing real. There's nothing you can believe in. And, uh, and I know some people even struggle with that with their faith because they go, if everything's fake, how do I know this faith is not fake? You know? Right. And that's why I say, is there a point in time where there was truth? And, I, and, there, and there was. The time that Jesus Christ walked this earth, there was truth. There was light and truth. And the way was on this earth. Mm-hmm. But as time progressed, and especially now that we've hit these last, the very last, last hour minutes of, of this age, and we're in this digital age there's so much i mean come on i don't have to tell you you know you just look at any of the news items whether it's on cable tv or in your paper or on your internet and go really that's 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 really true i mean everything is so phony it's so made up that's right it's like a big soap opera and it's been that way for a while and it's progressively getting worse and worse Mm -hmm. well i remember i had some kind of dream i don't remember what it was about or nothing but um the end of the dream the thought that came to me was everything is is untrue Mm -hmm. you know everything is is fake everything's fake and that word came to you from from god that was an angelic word put into you it's just like one day i had the same thing i woke up with the words in 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 my head it's all carne. Mm. It's just carne. Mm-hmm. And I think that word was used so that I would remember it. And I went, carne? In Spanish, that's flesh or meat. It's all meat. It's all carne. And after that word came to me, it wasn't very long before I realized it's all flesh. It's all meat. It's just meat. It's just a meat suit. Just a meat puppet. That's not who you are. You have a spirit in you. And so when that comes to you, Ms. Kapow, and says, everything's fake, that's from the Lord. Because it makes you realize everything's fake. Nothing's real. Mm -hmm. Nothing's real. Uh, That comes out of this zeitgeist, this spirit of the age. This spirit of the age. You've got to remember the enemies of your soul, the demonic spirits that are running around here that that proceeded out of the bodies of the giants. Mm Mm-hmm that have the wisdom of their fathers, the angels, and then they're part human. They hate humans, but their whole goal is deception. That's right. To get you to worship them in whatever way, whether it's through their iPhone or your Instagram account or your career or whatever, it doesn't matter, or your false religion. That's their whole goal. And it's deception. So at the end of the age, you're going to be with them for eternity if if you're not saved through the Lord Jesus Christ and that's not good no. that's not good at all and um you know it's it's really hard to explain and i know that some of you listening i mean you're really keen on what we're saying and going you're right i've noticed the same thing nothing's real nothing's real everything's phony and then other ones may not be at that point yet going i don't know quite know what you're talking about uh, but you'll get it if you keep seeking it. But mm-hmm. I'm telling you, it's it's nothing's real. It yeah. really isn't. And um, you just got to question everything. That's right. You got to question everything. And you know, and I don't have time well, for this. Well, even the word says to test every spirit. Yes. Yes, you have to test every spirit. Mm-hmm. And does it go back to Jesus Christ? 
and him crucified for you? Does it go back to Yahweh, the Lord of Spirits, in the flesh? You have to test it. Mm-hmm. Anything else, Ms. Capel? Well, I wanted to end the show with two scriptures. The okay. first one is um, Isaiah 55, 6. It says, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. And let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. And let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him. And to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. Because that's now. But yes. at one time, in, in the future... It'll be Revelations twenty two ten through 12, where it says, And he said unto me, Seal not the sayings of the prophecy of this book, for the time is at hand. He that is unjust, let him be unjust still. And he which is filthy, let him be filthy still. And he that is righteous, let him be righteous still. And he that is holy, let him be holy still. And behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me, to give every man according as his work shall be. Amen. I think that sums it all up. So that's it for today. We wish you a blessed week. And remember, keep looking up, keep questioning, keep digging, and keep seeking truth and getting closer to the Father through His Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Okay? All right. Good night. Good night.
than any power Your power makes eternity Time and space are at the tip of your tongue Time and space are at the tip of your tongue 